I've always been a news junkie and I wanted to be Barbara Walters. And when I started working at ABC as a receptionist, I got to meet her and I went up to her and I said to her, you're the reason why I'm studying broadcasting. I want to do what you do. She's very gracious. And she said, you're the reason why I continue to do this. There's room at the table. Keep going. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for people just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Now, I have an amazing guest today. She's an old bud, Karen Horn from Warner Media, who's going to talk all about her amazing career. But before we get to Karen, I want to talk a little bit about where we are in the year. Now, you hear me talk all of the time that you have got to lead with your brand every single day. It can't just take place at that end of year conversation. Well, guess what? We are coming up to the end of the year. I cannot believe we only have about nine more weeks until we are in 2022. So I want you to start thinking about how you prepare yourself to lead with your brand to show up in a way that caps off the year. Now, you all know that I grew up in Hollywood and in the business, we always say you're only as good as your last project. So right now, you've got about nine weeks to make sure that you end the year on a high. What are those things that you can do, whether it's a project or even the behaviors that you can demonstrate that say to your boss, that say to your key stakeholders in your career audience that you are here, that you are adding value, and that you are not coffee, you are Starbucks. So think about those things. What are those final things that you're going to do before you head out for that holiday break that cements that halo image of your brand. Now, the other thing that you should be working on right now is preparing for your end of year conversation. And I know for some of you, that's happening right now. Some of you, that'll be happening at the end of November and early December. Some of you, you're actually waiting until January because that's the cycle of your business. But don't wait till the last minute. Don't wait for HR to be tapping on your door telling you you have to submit something by the end of the day. I want you to be in the driver's seat right now. So, Grab that pen, grab that post-it, and I want you to sit down and start thinking about three questions. One, what are you most proud of accomplishing this year? What are those handful of projects that have made a difference in your business? What are you proud of? What is a wow? Then I want you to dive deeper and say, how did you contribute to those things? 
what would have happened if you were not involved? And what are the things that you did that made that extra oomph, that made it a signature project for you? That's our first question. The second question is, what did you learn this year? This has been another roller coaster of a year. None of us thought we'd still be working from home, that we'd still be in the middle of the pandemic. We didn't even forecast that Delta variant was going to come. So I want you to brainstorm, what are those key things you learned this year? Then probe behind that. Where did those learnings come from? What experiences have you had that you can message in your end of year conversation that have made you a better person and a better employee? How are you more informed going into 2022 as a result? And the final question I want you to think about is where do you want to go in 2022? What is that next career breakthrough that you are looking for? And how can you ask for the things that you need? Because I know in that self-assessment form and even the structure of that conversation, it's all about you talking about those three things. What do did you do well this year? What did you learn, which may or may not be linked to an opportunity area? And finally, where do you want to go? Don't wait for your boss to ask those questions. Don't wait to the last minute to fill it in on that self-assessment. Start your work now so that you're leading with your brand, not only in the document that you may submit to human resources, but also in the conversation you have with your boss. Well, I am super excited about today's guest. It is the fabulous Karen Horn, who is the Senior Vice President of Equity and Inclusion Programs at Warner Media. Now, as a senior executive, she has over 20 years of experience in the entertainment industry, and she's been recognized as a diversity and inclusion pioneer and pipeline builder. Now, since she joined Warner Media back in 2020, she has been involved in creating and implementing multiple pipelines programs that aim to amplify the voices of underrepresented communities. Now, before Warner Media, Karen was at NBC Entertainment and Universal Television Studios. That's back where I met her, where she was the Senior Vice President of Programming Talent Development and Inclusion, where she was responsible for overseeing in front of and behind the camera primetime diversity efforts for NBC and Universal Television. Now, she's always been dedicated to increasing equity and inclusion in the entertainment industry, and she's been honored with several awards and recognitions throughout her career. She serves on multiple boards, including the USC Annenberg School Inclusion Initiative, the Alliance of Women Directors, Montclair State University School of Communications and Media, and the Urban League of the Greater San Francisco Bay Area. We'll be back in just a few moments with Karen Horn. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am here with one of my favorite people in the world. It is Karen Horn, the Senior Vice President of Equity and Inclusion Programs at Warner Media. Karen, what is going on? 
Jason, it's so good to see you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you of today. Of course. I'm so thrilled to, to have you on. I have been dying to have you on because you are one of the people that I love to hear from because you have always been so inspirational in the way that you have helped people in the entertainment and and media industry really grow their careers. So so let's dive in, Karen. You know, you have you you do such cool stuff stuff but when you are networking with people when you meet people how do you explain to them who you are and what it is that you do well you know you always start with kind of like your role at a company and 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 my role is important because it shows the level of support i believe that the company is gives me but what i talk about mostly is is that i lead a group of people i lead a group of executives who are as committed as i am to making sure that our content reflects the communities that we create that content for. Uh, and uh, we do that by creating and developing and overseeing different programs and initiatives that allow those voices that have historically been underrepresented a chance to have a seat at the table. Very cool. I love that about helping people have a seat at the table. And and so what are some of those exciting things that you're working on right now at Warner Media? Well, it, it's it's fun. You know, I, I I've always said that, you know, hopefully everything you do in your career leads up to that next role. And and I believe that this role really has kind of taken everything I've done in my career and to marry them all together. I, I've worked in sports. I've worked in a not-for-profit film organization. I had a relationship with our news divisions. Um, you know, I've worked in broadcast. Uh, I worked with studios. Uh, and, and I worked in animation. And now I get to do all of that throughout Warner Media. Uh, Warner Media, uh, it has, it consists of CNN and Turner Sports and Cartoon Network and HBO and HBO Max and Warner Brothers Television and Warner Brothers Films and Warner Brothers Animation and Adult Swim and all of this fun stuff that, yeah. you know, that I get to do. I get to like go in and meet with our executives to figure out what their needs are because kind of the way I work is kind of supply and demand. So I never try to put a program on someone or to say to someone, you know, dictate, you need this writing program or you need a program for directors or actors if they don't. If, and if they don't, if I don't have buy-in with our executives, I'm never going to be successful. So we go in and kind of do a little analysis on what you think you need, <laughs> what you need, and also <laughs> what also what the numbers kind of say you need, even if you don't think you need them, what the numbers really kind of say you need. And we go in and we talk about uh, how we can help them accomplish those goals, how we can help uh, our creative teams be, uh, you know, uh, find the talent that they are looking for, or even that they didn't know they were looking for, um, to create the best content in the industry. Because ultimately, uh, that's what we are—a business. Um, I just don't believe that that best content and the industry and diversity are exclusive. I think that a lot of that great content comes from diverse creators, and uh, I want to help them get. I want to help you know, see that through fruition and, and see it get recognized. Yeah. And if, and if someone who's listening is a diverse content creator, how can they learn more about, uh, about your programs? Uh, we have a website, Warner Media Access. Um, 
something like that, or just look up more <laughs> <for me. laughs> something like that. It's, but our our programs are the uh, access programs. Um, it's you know the double entendre uh, intended. Um, it is providing access to talent and access to uh and to our industry. Yeah. And so, Karen, you've had this amazing career all across the industry. And I love that you said your role right now at Warner Media is really sort of like, you know, all of these, all of these diverse experiences kind of coming together. But when you look back over your 20 years in the business, what have been some of the biggest career breakthrough moments for you personally, where you felt like, ooh, like I've gotten to the next level or I've really grown? You know, I think um, certainly this role, uh, this this is a big role um, and uh, it's exciting. Uh, it is, uh, again, an, a, it allows me to sit in space that takes everything I've done through my career and use it here. Um, uh, that said, I mean, I think there have been a lot of career moments and oftentimes I don't know that you recognize the the gravity of what a role is until you're in it or, or you can understand it or something, or even sometimes after you've left it. Um, I think you, you really, uh, you, you know, um, you know, first of all, I'm really happy that I've learned to go where the road is taking me instead of trying to determine the path that I think I need to be on. Um, Mm. I, I always knew I wanted to work in this industry. So getting a job at ABC, uh, my senior year of college was a huge breakthrough for me. Yeah. Um, uh, and then working for someone who was a rising star at the company. And in fact, in this industry, who is really kind of how I learned to be a leader by working with him. Uh, I look at the way he led, uh, the fact that he was a kind, genuine person and, um, but authoritative, authoritative, authoritative <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, and, you know, led with kindness. Um, uh, and, uh, and I really learned from that. And he recently wrote a book on leadership and I like dog eared all of the pages. And when I talked to him, I showed him my book, he was like, what did you do? Like, what, what pages did you, you dog ear? Like, and, um, um, but, uh, but, but working with, uh, it, it was Bob Iger. So working with him. Oh, really, just him. <laughs> just Bob. Just Bob. Well, you know, when I worked for him, ironically, when I first started working with him, he was just Bob. He was a vice president at ABC Sports. And uh, um, and uh, and he moved me from New York to Los Angeles when he became president of ABC Entertainment. So he was just Bob in many ways. And if you meet him now, he probably is still just Bob in many ways. And I think that is something that I always that's who I am anyway, probably why we worked together for so long, but I am just Karen and, and my title is, is what I do. It's not who I am. Uh, and I think that that's really important that I message that, um, to, to the people who work with me. So some of the roles that I think that really kind of made me see like going from, you know, being someone's assistant to an executive role is a big leap. Um, you know, I, I produced a series that, you know, having that role as a producer gave me a credibility to, to go into different roles as, as a, as a, as a manager in a, a creative executive role, which I may not have gotten right from an assistance desk to do that. Um, and, uh, and I think, yeah, those, those are some pivotal roles in my career moving from, from ABC and then working at Disney and then, 
you know, working, uh, you know, creating programs for Nickelodeon, uh, you know, gave me the opportunity to show that not just could I do the programs, but I was a leader in creating the programs. Uh, there, there's a number of things. And certainly I, I would say that my time at NBC, while it came in at, in one level, you know, I was promoted throughout my time there and did so much there that it really kind of, um, it really kind of cemented me as one of the leaders in this space. Yeah. And so talk to me about a little bit about, you know, Bob wanted to know which, which pages you, you dog tagged. What were, what were a couple of the pages that you dog tagged and, and, and why did those kind of resonate for, for you about being early in your career? You know, it's funny because it's, it, I don't think I recognized how much of his leadership qualities that I have within me. Of course, me, I would like to say, oh, he learned those from me, but, but I don't know that that's true. <laughs> you know, a lot of his leadership qualities, you know, listening to people, um, being empathetic, um, uh, you know, I think I, I dogged eared a lot of them because they are who I am. They were, they are the ways that I lead my teams now. My teams are really loyal to me and, um, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, and I think it's, be- and I, I would assume, and I've been even told as much, it's because the way I, I am an empathetic leader, I am a, uh, I listen to the needs of my teams um, and I try to grow them. I give them credit in a big room and in a small room uh, uh, and, and, and trying to help them grow. I recognize that working for people or working with people who are smart and smarter than you in many ways is a really smart move for an executive to do. And I'm not, and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say that most of the people who work on my team are like all of the people who work on my team are as smart, if not smarter than I am. Yeah. So I love earlier that you said you've been really good at recognizing that that a career is a journey, right? And and you just can't have these predestined plans. So tell me, Karen, when was it that you made the determination that instead of just being a creative executive, someone creating content and being storytelling, that you were going to actually go out and like support and and accelerate other people in the space? I, I think it's always been there for me. It's funny. I say to people that it may not have always been in my, in my title, but it's always been in my DNA. So even when I was at ABC and, you know, we had uh, uh, the half hour multi-camera sitcoms on TGIF and that stuff, you know, if if there were storylines that I felt uh, or I recognized as being really um, stereotypical and, you know, I would look at creatively, like why they didn't, why they weren't good creatively and, and lead with that. And then say, in addition to that, this is a stereotype. And it's funny. I think also uh, when I worked at ABC sports, I, you know, and I, I just remembered this not long ago, I got a call from, we were doing Monday night football at ABC sports and we were having a game on from a Heisman award winning quarterback was being, it was his first game on Monday night football. And his mom called me, it was an Italian, you know, he was Italian and all of the stories really had been about him and his mom and his Italian background and her lasagna. And, and she's, and I don't know why I got the call, but I got the call and she basically pleaded, please don't talk about my lasagna or don't talk about 
you know, his background and that, because it seems to me that like all that's all. And he's a good, he's a good boy. And he's a, you know, he plays this quarterback really well. And I was like, yes, he's on an NFL team. And it made me realize like a lot of times people think about how people are, you know, uh, the, the, ways they're categorized or, um, and it's much more than just black versus white or whatever like that. Like she didn't want him to be stereotyped as this Italian kid who, whose mom makes lasagna. And, and that was, I think the moment it kind of snapped for me other than like me being a kid in daycare, like telling everybody not to be prejudiced in daycare, but (laughs) but, you were always an advocate. I was always an advocate for sure. But, but beyond that, like it's, that snapped something for me about saying like, we can't really just view people as what the stereotype of it is. And so I think, you know, so even when I was an executive at ABC or the creative executive, I've always been like, who gets to tell these stories? I love the saying, not about us without us, you know, because Mm. we should, you know, people should get to tell the stories that are, and and I think it just makes us better storytellers. It makes us, uh, our stories authentic. It makes them more rich. And so it's always kind of been in my DNA. And then, uh, and then I think, you know, working for, after ABC, I worked for a not-for-profit film organization called the Black Filmmaker Foundation. It was really there where I got to screen the works of up-and-coming filmmakers and see their faces when it was on a big screen and the reaction of the of the audiences that were seeing these films. And it really resonated with me. Like these are not jobs for for these filmmakers. These are their dreams. And it's something about having, like, it's my love of philanthropy. It's my love of community, working with community that I feel it marries. And my love of being a creative executive in this industry, I get to marry those in this role. I get to do this job, you know, which is a privilege. And I, I, and, 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 and those are some of the things that really kind of set me on my path. And, you know, as my career has changed, like, you know, I have often been offered roles as like, you know, to lead people's production companies. I don't want to, I love what I do. I really love what I do. I don't want to do that part of it. I love getting people there in order to to help their stories get told. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about, you know, being a little girl and calling, calling out uh, racist behavior. And you said you always wanted to work in the business. So, so when you were little, what did that look like to you? You know, how did you become in love with, with content and stories? Well, I didn't at first, I wanted to be Barbara Walters. I wanted to be Mm. a news anchor. Um, My sister, my sister's six years older than I am. And she, our high school had a uh, program that they called CAST communications arts and science training and we had our own television station and she was the first class that got to take that and she came home one day and had to look at a half hour uh television show and determine how many cameras there were and it was from that moment that i started looking at tv a little differently like i was like oh wait there are cameras behind there and people are writing this stuff like and that's when it kind of stopped for me and and then i'm i've always been a news junkie and i wanted to be barbara walters and when i started working at abc as a receptionist i got to meet her and i went up to her and i said to her you're the reason why I'm studying broadcasting. I want to do what you do. She's very gracious. And she said, you're the reason why I continue to do this. There's room at the table. Keep going. And I was so impressed by her. But then I stood back and I looked at the line of people waiting to meet 
Barbara Walters and the line of people waiting to meet her boss. And his line was, was much, much longer. And I was like, who is he and what does he do? Because she's Barbara Walters and more people want to meet him than her. And that's what I learned about the offices that I now sit in. And well, I'm sitting in my living room right now, but you know, <laughs> if there is an office that I could sit in, it would be nice. And that's when I learned about these offices. And it's not really about power, um, but it's about having the ability to really affect, you know, our audiences. And, and he had that. He had the ability to determine who gets to tell the news or who gets, he was news and sports at that time. So it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit about your brand as a leader and an executive. And you've talked a lot about those behaviors, about being empathetic and all of those elements. Give me three words that you would use to describe the Karen Horn brand. I would say uh, empathetic has to be like, I, I, you know, I lead with empath empathetic. Like I understand uh, not just our creative uh, executives and our, the people who work for me, but also uh, our storytellers. Like I, mm. I can empathize with them. Um, that would be one. I would say that I'm somewhat of, uh, um, I don't know if this, I can figure out the one word of this, but certainly I recognize talent. I, uh, I can, uh, I, I'm good at what I do. Um, so, uh, excellence, let's say excellence. I like that. I'm learning to not be as humble, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but then humility is probably part of it as well. Like, you know, I would say empathy, excellence, and humility, and maybe not all in that order. Yeah. And so talk to me about, about that. You said, said you're, you're working on not being so humble, but I love this whole notion that you can be excellent and humble at the same time. What, what does that look like in practice? Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to use profanity, but I'm from New Jersey. So I would just say- <laughs> Go for it. Not being an asshole, like, you know, like this, just not being an asshole, being good at what you can do and back it up and not being an asshole about it. You know, so, so I, um, uh, there's, um, there's a, a guy named John Amici, who is a, 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 wrote this book called the uh, promise of giants. And he talks about intent versus impact, but he also talks about how, as you know, people of color, we are, we are, you know, taught to be humble. We are taught not to brag about ourselves. We're taught yeah. kind of to blend in and not to be, you know, whatever, but to be where we are, we have to be great. Like we have to be at a certain area. Like if you are where you are, that's because you've done a good job. Um, so we have to learn in many ways to be our best brand advocates, to be the people who really kind of believes in what we do enough that other enough so other people will as well so so being excellent is 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 gives me the calling card to say yes this is a good program i can do this yes this is a good writer this is a great actor or director i i can you know people will listen when i when i recommend someone they come to me for recommendations because they trust my legacy of, or legacy, or they trust my history. Let's say history, not legacy yet, but they trust my <laughs> history. <laughs> they trust the history of what I've done, um, uh, of the excellence. And then, you know, the humility is, is like not throwing it into someone's face, you know, and saying whatever it is, it is understanding that, you know, this is, this is creative. This is, 
subjective. This is, you know, not not letting your beliefs uh, uh, cloud everything else you do. So um, it becomes more about me than about what I'm trying to do. And that's never my goal is to make it. I never want to make it about me. I want to make it about the talent. Because I think, as I said to you before, Jason, it's like I what I recognize is, is that giving people these opportunities are is, is way more than just giving them jobs. No one comes into the industry to be a writer just to make money, although it's a great benefit of being a writer. Like It's because <laughs> it's something they really want to do. It's their dream of doing it. You know, yeah. no one comes to be an actor just because of the fame and the money. That's a benefit if you want it, but it's probably something that you really always dreamed of doing. And to be able to help people recognize that is like no other feeling in the world. It's great. Yeah. And I love that you you said you have to be your best brand advocate. Give me give me an example in your career where you really had to stand up and be your own brand advocate. I can't think of an example of my career in my career where I haven't, quite honestly. <laughs> honestly, you know, and if, and 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 honestly, if you're not, then you should be. Like if, if you're if you're out there and you're not advocating your brand and who you are, then you're not doing it. You're not doing it right. Like you really, you really need to take stock of that and understand what you bring to a table and and know. Um, you know, I think it's it's interesting because. Uh, in our new writing program, uh, I've had so many of the writers say to me that they're here because they want the opportunity to work with Karen Horn. Like they want the opportunity to like to be in a program that I've run. And I understand that like like having that ability, it's it's it's, you know, having that said about you is because I've done the work to, I put in that work before that. So Oftentimes, when I want to say to a creative team, if we go back to what I said earlier about sometimes it's about telling people what they need, even if they don't think they do need it, <laughs> um, I get to do that because I would say to them, this is my research has shown that we're lacking here. We really need to do something to, to, to give more opportunities here. And then, and then my brand is knowing that I can deliver on that. Like I, I can, if you say I want to do this, then I'm, I, I know how to deliver on that. I know how to make that work. And I know how to make that successful. And that's my brand is, and, and, and often, um, you know, each time you're going into a new situation, situation, even if you do have a history, like I've talked about, you still have to remind people that like, like, you know, like, look, no one would have to, and I'm not like, you know, the, if you think of one of the best writers or directors or whatever, like they, they too often have to remind people like I'm JJ Abrams. I can do this. Like I like (laughs) whatever, like we all have to do it. So why should I be any different? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I know, I mean, you have literally coached and developed and mentored thousands, thousands of storytellers, right? And, and creative folks in, in, in the business. What do you, what do you tell them? What advice do you give them about creating their brand, knowing that they're there because they want to do the work, right? And right. they don't always think about the brand. What are some of those great tidbits that you offer them that really apply to any of us? Absolutely. I mean, look, we do a whole course on how your brand and, 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 and recognizing, and your brand is what makes you specific. In a world that everybody in, in a world where there are hundreds of Karen Horns, there are hundreds and thousands and millions of writers, there are whatever. Your brand is what makes you specific. It's why you buy 
you know, uh, Skippy over GIF, you know, like <laughs> it is, it is something that people go in for. It is something that people have. Um, so, so to a writer, you know, knowing your brand, even if it's not like you, even if a writer says, I want to write dramedy and drama, sure. What's your brand on that? Like who, who are you? What can you bring to the table that no one else can bring? What makes you authentically the best person to do that? And I, I'd say the same thing as if you are a creative or as if you're an executive, what makes me the best person to do the job that I'm doing now? And if you do it well enough, People will come to you for that. I will, you, you won't have to explain it as much, you know, like, so if you are, if you are a director or a writer or actor, if you know your brand and you perform on brand, uh, well enough, then people will come to you for that instead of you having to say to them, Hey, how about me? I can do that. Yeah. And Karen, have you ever had one of those moments where you had to alter something in your brand or maybe you the way you intended to show up isn't the way that people heard it and you had to do something different? Sure. Yeah, you got to read the room, right? But ultimately, I stay true to who I am because I got to go to bed with me at night, you know? So (laughs) if I, you know, like, so I like I say, yes, read the room. So if you know, I've, you know, here's a good example. I've said, so a lot of my team from NBC have followed me over to Warner Media, which I'm grateful for and happy that they're working here. But I had to say to them, you guys are trying to fit the, you know, square NBC peg into the round Warner Media hole and it's not fitting. Um, so mm. just because we loved what we did at NBC, this program here, it doesn't necessarily work at Warner Media. So we have to make sure that the work we're doing fits the people who we're doing it for. Because until I own the candy store, which <laughs> I, I can always tell somebody why, why, you know, strawberry is a good flavor. But ultimately, if they want to sell vanilla, I got to sell some vanilla. I'm still going to try to get strawberry in there every once in a while. But like, so, so, so you have to recognize where you're sitting, who your audience is. And then sometimes you have to shift the brand accordingly. Like, you know, a great example would be, you know, the same writer, the same story uh, would be different on broadcast networks than it is on HBO Max. Um, You know, we get to try, we get to do things differently. You know, Um, it could be the same story, but we would tell it differently on HBO Max than where you would be allowed to tell it on broadcast uh, television. So it's kind of like knowing where you're sitting and adjusting your brand. But, 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 you know, deep down, it's still got to be who you are, who you feel that is your authentic voice um, and who you, and for, you know, executives, who you are uh, as an executive, who you are as a person. And, uh, and uh, that's never going to change that much for me. Yeah. So Karen, a couple of fun, quick questions. We've been talking about your brand, but as a consumer, what brand are you obsessed with? What brand HBO Max. live without? Ah, HBO Max. I'm obsessed. And HBO Max. Okay. <laughs> and, and tell, so Karen, I mean, there's so much great stuff on HBO Max. What, what are you, what are you obsessed with, what, with streaming right now on HBO Max? Oh my gosh. Um, it's so much. Uh, F Boy Island has been, was really, really fun. Uh, uh, 
Uh, I loved White Lotus. Um, you know, I'm always I'm always gonna come in and, and say, you know, we could do this, we could do that. But I love that. Um, I uh, I a lot of the stuff that are is streaming on Max. I you know it's leftover that I didn't get to see on HBO. So like Mayor of East Town, like everybody else, that was an amazing piece of work. Uh, um, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Uh, uh, it's so hard. It's like, what do you, what do you choose? Like there's too much. It's almost overwhelming, but what yeah. do you, what are you loving Jason? Well, obviously I loved White Lotus. I'll secretly show you my, uh, my four seasons pictures that I took right? <laughs> when I because... was in Maui recently, where right? I was giving, serving some Armand realness behind the desk. <laughs> I'm sure they were ready to like call security on me. I um, love it. Right? I love it. <laughs> but you, but you kind you of have to like. The... The desk, of not course. in the office. <laughs> of course, I well, yeah, exactly. Well, if I could have found the office, I probably would would, would have been in there, right? Um, but but yeah, and of course, I'm a fan of anything from Mike White, right? Um, right? And then I have to go back to classic HBO Max because I am obsessed with the flight attendant. Oh, isn't it great? Yeah, it's great. Yes. Yeah, that, that I, was I would secretly want to want to be a flight attendant in my my next my next career well, after watching know, that, of course. In the days that you could travel so much, like you know, like I now I secretly will wonder who my flight attendants are. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But Karen, tell me when we when you think of the HBO Max brand, right? And and obviously there are tons of amazing brands under the Warner Media umbrella. But why does the HBO Max brand, why does that resonate with you? Well, I, I think it's it's a little bit of what HBO is, right? I think, um, like you said, you love anything Mike White does. Well, that's why you loved White Lotus. They're very auteur-driven. Auteur um, they are, it's about the creator, which is really exciting. Um, uh, I think uh, HBO Max is doing so much now, and it's it's great, fun stuff. Uh also, all the IP that Warner Media owns will be available, you know, on HBO Max. Uh, uh, so you'll get to see film, you'll get to see animation, you'll get to see a lot of fun stuff. Adult Swim stuff will be on HBO Max. I'm also excited because I love the group of people who run HBO Max. They are Ooh. some of the most inclusive diverse people who really get this and understand it. So I'm, I'm biased because I love working with them as well. Um, and, um, I think, you know, that comes out in their programming because of who they are as executives. Yeah. Now, if you were a type of car, what type of car would Karen Horn be? Hmm. I would say, a Tesla, because I'm fast and I never run out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. And and finally, Karen, what's the best what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Um, I would say uh, to own your authentic voices. Um, uh, uh, understand what you bring to any room, uh, uh, you know, uh, to, um, have an opinion, uh, and be able to express the opinion and you're, you're, you're in the best, most, uh, 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 executive like way, like don't like, you know, in a best way. Um, but, you know, really be 
I think, you know, if you're a creative executive, people want to know what excites you. If you are a business executive, they want to know why you're good at what you, you do. Um, and so I, I would say, and if you're on, on, on the, you know, beginning entry of your journey, um, you know, recognize that you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes when you think you should be going left and you go right, that road to the right may take you where places that you never even dreamed were possible. Cause that's certainly what happened to me. I mean, I, you know, I didn't, I never dreamt uh, this was possible when I was watching that half hour sitcom in the living room with my sister. <laughs> yeah. Well, Karen Horn, thank you so much for your excellence, for your empathy and your humility. We have learned so much from you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. So great seeing you again. Be well, everyone. You too. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back in a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow. Well, I just loved that conversation with Karen Horn because she is so chock full of tips about being authentic and being your own brand advocate. But you know what really jumped out at me about what Karen talked about? It was that whole notion of being open to opportunity. We all have passions and we all have strengths and talents that we bring to the table. But the reality is, is the best laid plans don't always get you where you want to go. You have got to be open. You've got to have your eyes and your ears open to look for opportunities so that you can find where you are. You know, Karen said it, and I've heard it from so many other amazing, successful leaders. I never dreamed of being in the role that I am. I've never even dreamed that that role existed. Well, guess what? If you don't make yourself open to opportunities, if you just stick yourself so rigidly to a plan, you'll never find that space where your brand advocacy brings you to that next career breakthrough. Well, that's our show for today. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure that you're following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so you get a new episode every single Tuesday. Make sure to follow me on all social media platforms. I'm at Jason Patria. And check me out on LinkedIn for tons of tips and tricks to lead with your brand every single day. And remember, in your career, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.